the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Where are the emails? Where can I read them? That's actually a question I got just a little while ago, excuse me, from a liberal who follows me on Twitter. Seems like a pretty nice guy. Anyway, I think it was a serious question. He's a liberal. That means he watches CNN, MSNBC, Network Nightly News. And if you watch Fox News or if you read something other than the New York Times, which as of a little while ago had not touched the story of Dr. Fauci's emails, the emails I'm talking about here, you would have no idea if you uh, just follow those people. Uh, you would have, might have no idea and you would think Fox News and Newsmax are just up to their usual fake news. Now, the media have really embarrassed themselves with this one. We're going to talk to uh, uh, our favorite media critic, uh, Jeffrey McCall, about that after the break. But it is amazing to see. You keep thinking that at some point they're just going to be ashamed. Uh, just they're going to be shamed into covering stories that favor Donald Trump or conservatives. The coverage that the usual suspects did give to the story yesterday and last night ended up being love fest for Dr. Fauci, telling him how wonderful he is. And the scary thing is that people like the guy who follows me on Twitter they, they live in a world where Dr. Fauci can do no wrong. So that's just reinforced with the media last night, despite these damning emails that are out there. And, of course, the problem with all that is that people believe everything that Dr. Fauci says, and that explains why people to this day are still stupid enough to be walking around outside wearing masks that he, on his emails, by the way, said were not uh, worth much anyway they also believe everything that the big guy tells them and yesterday the big guy told america that the biggest threat that we have in america is from white supremacist terror now it's an idiotic statement and um, you can be pretty sure somebody else wrote it for him and he read it off a teleprompter but if he is still capable of having clear thoughts which is pretty doubtful there's no way he believes that. There's, he just, there's no way that he believes that white supremacist terror is the biggest threat to America. If he does, they should just go into the White House tonight and drag him out and put him in a nursing home somewhere. Uh, in our second half hour today, we're going to talk to Horace Cooper. He's co-chairman of Project 21 Black Leadership Network. He has publicly demanded that the big guy show the evidence to support such a ridiculous statement. I wouldn't expect uh, that to be happening anytime soon. We're also going to talk to Horace Cooper about uh, critical race theory and why it's bad for America and especially bad for black kids. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offers valid through 63021. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty. Warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Through generations of fighting, anger, and pain, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is still one of the most contentious and misunderstood issues of our time. Raising the question: Is it possible to truly love your enemy? In the new film Hope in the Holy Land. 
Filmmaker Todd Moorhead discovers the truth behind the headlines and misinformation with personal stories from Jews, Muslims, and Christians in their own words, offering a beautifully produced, politically nuanced, and morally sensitive look at both sides of the conflict. Bishop Kenneth Ulmer says the movie is embarrassingly enlightening. Ambassador Michael Oren calls it a candid, courageous journey through the complexities of the conflict. Hope in the Holy Land takes an honest look at the history and history in the making as you've never seen before. Don't miss Hope in the Holy Land. Available now at SalemNow.com. Watch this film and pass it on. Go to SalemNow.com today. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O V-I-T-E.com. 2021's the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, all you need to know about the New York Times is that as of about an hour ago, as far as I know, they had not done a story on Dr. Tony Fauci's emails, uh, the ones that showed he never thought masks were effective and that he knew that there was a good possibility that COVID-19 escaped from a lab in uh, Wuhan. MSNBC interviewed him about the emails and told him that the emails just showed how wonderful he is. And I guess Dr. Fauci agreed. Anyway, Jeffrey McCall is a professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic for The Hill and FoxNews.com. He's our go-to guy on uh, media ethics and what's uh, going on with the media. He joins us now. Jeff, thanks for coming on again. Always great to have you. Thank you, John. So I mentioned that the last time I checked, the New York Times uh, hadn't done anything on this uh, email story. How is that possible? Well, that's really shocking, and it just shows that uh, once they made their commitment to rally behind Fauci, they weren't going to do anything that would disrupt their own created narrative. And I think it's also interesting, too, that the email dump that came from a Freedom of Information request was made by BuzzFeed and, to their credit, the Washington Post. Yeah. But where was the New York Times in uh, a Freedom of Information request or the Associated Press or Reuters or CNN or anybody else? I think it's fascinating that this email information that came out through the Freedom of Information request came from only two news sources and that apparently the rest of the people were just not that interested in finding out what had gone on. But to your point about the New York Times, they dug in their heels. They're going to protect Fauci at all costs because Fauci for many months was the counter-narrative to anything Trump did or wanted to do. And they're right. just not willing to give up on that, even now that we've seen so many things like you alluded to, that Fauci was never on board with wearing masks and that he did, he did suspect that perhaps this came from a lab. And, of course, when Trump floated that out, and Tom Cotton, by the way, the senator from Arkansas, and several other people floated out that it had come from a lab, 
you know, most of the establishment media just berated those people and, you know, referred to them as crazies and conspiracy theorists. And now looking back, it seems like, you know, maybe we should have given a little more consideration to that. And that's the importance, I think, of looking at multiple sides of any one issue in journalism. And I think that's been, I think, the greatest mistake of the establishment media for the last year plus is that they only wanted to look at one side of issues and they weren't willing to look at, you know, at this story, broadly defined, the COVID-19 story from a variety of perspectives, which good journalists should be trained and instinctively feel like they should be doing. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. BuzzFeed and the Washington Post, as you said, they're the ones who did the digging and got the Freedom of Information uh, uh, stuff, got it, got it out through, through, that, uh, through those means. Uh, but if you read the stories that those two outlets did, they pretty much ignored all the, the, the emails worth reporting about, the ones that, uh, that are damning and the ones that should raise lots of questions from any uh, serious journalist, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you, your observation is great. Uh, and, you know, I think it's important for journalists, and this is one thing I talk to my students about, is you, you follow where the facts lead you. And the interesting thing is those emails got dumped, and BuzzFeed and the Washington Post jumped in there and said, well, here are the facts, but we're still not going to give up on our narrative because we've spent a year and a half providing cover for Fauci, so we're going to keep doing it, kind of like the New York Times. And, you know, I, you know, all the mainstream media have pretty much looked the other way, and it's pretty much only Fox News, Daily Call, or some talk radio outlets that are really digging into these emails to suggest that Fauci – maybe wasn't the saint that everybody made him out to be. And again, I'm not an anti-Fauci guy necessarily, but he's just one guy, he's just one scientist, and I think if anything we should learn from this is that the national news narrative should never rely solely on the words and wisdom of any one person, no matter, no matter how many advanced academic degrees they have. Because, I mean, that's what happens in third-world nations and dictatorships like North Korea only one person's opinion counts. And, you know, you had guys like Scott Atlas, who himself is an expert and at Stanford, you know, was, was uh, berated also by the mainstream media as not knowing what he's talking about. But I'm thinking, you know, that guy's got his academic degrees just like Fauci. Maybe we should be listening to a variety of people. And, you know, one other thought, and again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm beating up on Fauci too much, although at a certain point he opens himself up to that. Right. But this is one of those cases where Fauci really made a point to get in front of every media outlet or video camera that he could find or microphone. And I must say that I'm always a little suspicious just personally of people in the news who are too eager to be interviewed and be interviewed <laughs> for lifestyle magazines and have right. features done about you know, that they're Washington Nationals baseball fans and all kinds of stuff. And I'm thinking, he might be a smart guy. I, I'm sure he is a smart guy. But a lot of scientists had different perspectives on this, and the world revolved only around Fauci. And I always say, anybody who's too eager to get in front of microphones and cameras should be taken with a grain of salt. And, I mean, we have evidence of that in other, you know, arenas over the last couple of years with regard to uh, Adam Schiff, for example, and yeah. Eric Swalwell oh. regarding Russian oh, collusion. Yeah. And somebody should, somebody should have said, why is, Schiff and, why is Swalwell so in front of microphones all the time? It, you know, maybe they are running a game on us. And, you know, and to a certain extent, Fauci ended up telling us a whole lot of stuff that turned out to probably not be the best advice. I mean, the shutdown stuff was really bad, I think. But even the mask stuff, I mean, we've had kids wearing masks in school and to the point now where, you know, they, they've lost a lot of education and they, they're afraid of taking their masks off, not to mention how many of them got germs by having dirty masks that they were breathing in and out of all the time. And I yeah. just think Fauci was a, was a wise guy. Uh, you know, I'm not questioning he, you know, was trying to do the best, but we shouldn't have fallen head over heels for him like the mainstream media did. And again, I think it was not so much that they love Fauci, but that he was the counter to all things Trump. Yeah, I've been saying for a while, uh, Jeff, that uh, it's only a matter of time before Fauci shows up on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, I'm expecting <laughs> that. 
Uh, I wouldn't. He's be a perfect guy for that show. I mean, they and they believe me, they'd put him on too. If he if if they thought he would go for it, he'd be the he'd be on there in two seconds. And well, I the think he might is, do it too. He he might even do it. I mean, he's yeah. he's allowed himself to be interviewed for you know softer pieces that have nothing to do with science or coronavirus. And I just think you know maybe he got a little too enamored with his own publicity. And again. For a guy who worked his entire career in obscurity, maybe late in his career, it was kind of life, nice to get a lot of national media attention. But there's always a drawback to that, too. And part of that is once you become a celebrity, then people wonder whether you're making your judgments based only on, you know, important science or whether you're interested more in celebrity and, you know, playing a part of somebody's agenda which at a certain point, I think he became part of other people's agendas and maybe wasn't even sharp enough to figure it out along the way. Yeah, uh, and um, uh, the, the thing that got me, the one that got me, it's been several months ago. Showed, that's when I started thinking he was dancing with the stars material. Uh, you may have seen the picture of him. He's sitting poolside, uh, Natalie dressed somewhere. Uh, and I think it was his photo shoot for a piece about him, and I think it was Vanity Fair. Uh, I'm not sure if that, uh, I may be wrong about that, but uh, for a guy in that position, um, at some, you know, I mean, the media want access, and I'm going to talk to you about access for the media about another subject in a minute, but the media want access to people like this. But you also, you, you should expect them to um, be a little bit reluctant every once in a while to talk to you because or to or to talk about themselves or to focus on themselves um, and, and at some point you would think that he would he would say with something this serious where where uh, one sentence out of his mouth can change the lives of mi- literally millions of people uh, that he would say you know what uh, guys I'm you know this is a really important subject this isn't about me let's talk about the virus and he yeah. doesn't seem too willing to do that. That's a that's a problem for a guy in that position. I, I think it became a problem, and I mean, he was he's a scientist. He's he's a scientist and a government bureaucrat. Those aren't necessarily bad things, but but that's what he is. When he went out of his lane, so to speak, I think is where kind of like the celebrity kicked in and the national media craze kicked in, and I think that that disrupts his ability to talk confidently and with credibility about the stuff that is in his lane. And also then I think it makes it harder to question, you know, his perspective and to question his judgment when he becomes a celebrity, which is what happened too. And I mean, let's face it, some of the advice he was given, he, he was giving us, turns out to probably not have been the best advice, you know, locking down the country, shutting down schools and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of like, hey, you know, I respect that. That's your judgment. But even while he was saying that, there are other people who had different perspectives but didn't have his celebrity status. And he, they weren't in front of microphones all the time. And the media weren't fawning all over him. And I think once he became a celebrity, then his judgment on the science became beyond reproach. And I think that that was not healthy for the nation and I think it also shows how how weak the media was in not scrutinizing him or the other kinds of advice coming from, you know, not only Fauci, but Dr. Burks, that somebody didn't say, like, hey, think about this. We're, we're shutting down schools across the whole nation. And, you know, a month into the pandemic, there was all kinds of evidence that kids were not affected or right. if they were, it was just mildly so. Uh, but we, we we frightened elementary school kids and even high school kids, and we canceled sports seasons, and we did all kinds of stuff on the advice of what turned out to be celebrity scientists. And I'm not sure that that was in the best interest of, of our nation, but the media got carried away. They got out of control. And, you know, this is one of those things where I would tell all the members of the media, anybody, whether it's, you know, Fauci or Schiff or Schumer, or, or even, you know, there are Republicans who are eager to get in front of microphones, too, like Josh Hawley, okay? I would say yeah. to the media, anybody who's too eager to get on your show or to get in front of your microphone is maybe not the best person for you to be talking to. Yeah. Chris Bedford at The Federalist did an excellent piece today uh, pointing out how consistently um, the media have pushed back against everything that Donald Trump did, including his positions on COVID, uh, which have turned out to be true, by the way, many of them. 
Is the lack of interest in these emails, uh, is that just another example of not wanting to report anything positive about Trump? I mean, if, 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 um, if, the, if in the email uh, Fauci had been trashing President Trump, which he didn't, uh, do you think the New York Times might be a little bit more interested? Yeah, well, at least on that part of it. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where, uh, in retrospect, looking back, <clears throat> maybe Trump's instinct weren't as bad as the media and some of the more hair-on-fire scientists uh, were trying to make out. and But, of course, Trump's never going to get any credit for that. And and I think one of the most obvious ones is Trump put his foot on the accelerator right away when he talked about, we're going to get a vaccine, we're going to have it sooner than anybody thinks is possible, and within a year we're going to be vaccinating people. And everybody just dismissed him as a total kook. But I, you know, I think the power of his rhetoric probably did, you know, move up the schedule for getting a vaccine. And it probably did mm-hmm. get Moderna and Pfizer and some of these other people to kind of like, let, let's step on it. We need this out there. And, you know, and, and in retrospect, nobody's sitting there right now saying, hey, you know, we're not even supposed to have a, a, a vaccination by now. You know, we should wait another six or eight months before anybody gets vaccinated. And think about that. If we had to wait another six or eight months, which would have been more of a regular schedule for this, as opposed to the Trump demanded schedule, Think of what the nation would be suffering through right now. We wouldn't have as many people vaccinated and businesses wouldn't be opening and that sort of thing. We'd be like Canada. Uh, and i got to ask you, um, as, as, as uh, Bedford pointed out today in The Federalist, the media uh, are still so intent on only reporting stories that make Trump and Republicans look bad. Um, can they really still be considered uh, journalistic enterprises anymore, or are they now just full-fledged propaganda arms of the Democratic Party? I mean, if they don't, if, if this if this email dump didn't uh, get their interest up and get them to change their opinion a little bit, I don't know how you could, they can have maintain any credibility. Can you? Well, their credibility is generally shot in news consumers across the country anyway. And the sad thing here is when the journalism industry is pushing agendas and working on behalf of certain political interests and not others. It's not news anymore. It is propaganda. And we're really at that point with a lot of these news organizations. And, you know, they, they scratch their heads and like, hey, you know, our credibility is going down the drain. It's like, well, but there's a reason for that. Uh, and, you know, the uh, article by Chris Bedford in The Federalist is really good. I have read that. Uh, and he cites in there a study that came out of Dartmouth, of all places, that talked about during the COVID crisis, the news coverage was 87% negative from the major U.S. media outlets. Now, let's, let's face that. When your coverage is that overwhelmingly negative, those are not news organizations that are looking for you know, all the stories that are out there and going where the facts lead. They are looking to push negative agendas. And, of course, it was during the election season and Trump, the run-up to Trump's re-election bid and that sort of thing. But even during the worst of the COVID situation, there were plenty of stories where, of success. There were plenty of stories that we could say, hey, this is a good thing that's happening. You know, progress on the vaccine or, you know, we, we protected these healthcare workers or, you know, that there were, there, there were, you know, look at the people who kept grocery stores uh, supplied and that sort of thing. There were plenty of stories that could have looked at the positive side of even uh, a terrible pandemic, but the news media was not interested in any of that because all they wanted to do was make it a terrible thing. And partly that I think, and I don't think I'm going too far out on a limb here, but I think mostly that was because they were pushing an agenda and anything that looked good somewhere would have had to have been, you know, attributed to Trump and they were just not going to go there. I got 30 seconds. I, I know it's not nearly enough time. Naomi Osaka is now claiming mental health as an issue for not dealing with the media. How should the media react to that? I only have about 30 or 40 seconds here. Sure. Well, I think the media, the people who hang around these tennis tournaments and really all professional sporting events don't do a very good job, and they are overbearing and obnoxious. But on the other hand, for professional athletes, talking with the media has to be a part of their job. And I hope she can manage, you know, to deal with the anxiety she's facing uh, and can get back to competitive tennis. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to her saying the media are obnoxious. I don't want to have to deal with them. But there might be a point where she just has to say, I can't play professional tennis anymore uh, and move along with the rest of her life. And I hope it's a happy one. 
Hey, I uh, uh, hope the rest of your day is a happy one, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks for coming on again. Always great to have you. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, John. I appreciate it, too. Okay, Jeff McCall, Professor of Communications at DePaul University. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden has announced the U.S. will donate unused COVID-19 vaccines to a U.N.-backed global vaccine-sharing program. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. We made the decision to share at least 75% of these vaccines through COVAX. This will maximize the number of vaccines available equitably for all countries and will facilitate sharing with those most at risk. And we decided to share up to 25% of these vaccines for immediate needs and to help with surges around the world. We can share these 25% in a flexible way. The doses mark a substantial and immediate boost to the lagging COVAX effort, which to date has shared just 76 million doses with needy countries. Stocks have moved lower now. The Dow is down 27 points. The Nasdaq off 127. This is SRN News. Have a traumatizing childhood memory of an Easter egg hunt. The big hunt was a big deal in our family. And I have this memory of running and excitedly reaching for eggs, only to have my big brother and sister sweep in and steal them at the last second. It's Ryan. And unfortunately, this is a traumatizing reality our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is seeing from families across the country. Families are finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. At United Faith Mortgage, we unfortunately cannot scare off the other hunters, but we can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. And then, once you do grab that Easter egg, see our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Or corporate Animalist number 1335. Rec Animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. My license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Most of us didn't see this coming. In fact, we've been stunned as we watch it unfold. America's young people have become so indoctrinated that more than half of them now think socialism is a good idea. How did this happen? We weren't paying attention. All the nation's schools taught this confounding ideology to our kids. Now those kids are adults. Now they want to fundamentally change the way America works. This radio station exists to educate and to return this country to the way it was founded. We have a country to save. Keep listening to find out how. AM 1250, The Answer. For nearly 100 years, folks have trusted Blue Star medicated ointment to relieve the pain and itching of almost any skin irritation. It works on my son's dry itching feet and their jock itch. I had this rash on my neck. Nothing worked until Blue Star. Blue Star worked great on my ringworm. Without steroids. My wife and I have been using Blue Star for years. It's never let us down. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19 related disruptions have caused abnormal behavior in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-In Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-In Pest Free goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair income. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Gopestfree.com, promo code PEN. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. A busy ride on the Parkway West. Inbound delays taking about an extra 10 minutes. 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Congested outbound on your way up to Carnegie. Parkway East, that's a slow ride inbound. Grant Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound also, some delays into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Earlier accident now cleared outbound. 28 approaching Millvale. Curry Road at McNulty in the Baldwin area. Watch out for an accident. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. 
1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see mostly cloudy skies. Expect a couple of showers and a thunderstorm mainly early tonight with a low of 61. Tomorrow, a blend of sun and clouds. We'll see a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 77. Saturday, we'll start off the weekend with mostly sunny skies. Expect a high Saturday of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, Joe Biden went to Tulsa yesterday to do some serious uh, pandering. It was a legitimate trip to call attention to the uh, 100-year anniversary of the Tulsa massacre when hundreds of black people were murdered. But he couldn't pass up the chance to make a ridiculous statement. Uh, He said the intelligence community has identified that, quote, terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to America. Horace Cooper is co-chairman of Project 21 Black Leadership Network. He joins us now. Horace, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. So uh, you were on national TV last night on Fox uh, calling out the president to uh, open up the files uh, and show the evidence to support his claim that white supremacists are our most lethal threat. I'm guessing he hasn't done that yet. Well, he hasn't done that, and he can't do that. Here's what we actually do know. What we actually do know is that the number of workplace civil lawsuits claiming race bias have been on a steady decline over the last six years and precipitously dropped in the last three years. Here's what we also know that the unemployment opportunities for black Americans skyrocketed relative to the rest of the population. We know that more black Americans are dating white Americans, marrying them, having children with them at higher numbers than we have seen in 50 years. And we also know that hate crime charges Uh, in which people are claiming that because they are black, they have been victimized, are at record low levels, and that the only reason hate crime numbers in general are up is because of anti-Semitic attacks and also a recent increase in anti-Asian attacks. But even when you look at those, what you see is a disproportionate, more than a majority of these attacks are actually happening by a very small percentage of the population, black men between the ages of 16 and 28. Yeah, and um, you know that, and you've just told me and my audience that, uh, and, the, and you, have the, you have the numbers to back it up, I know that. But do black people who voted for Joe Biden, I mean, not every black person, obviously, but do in general, are black people aware of what you just said? The ones who voted for, you know, 90 percent of whom voted for Joe Biden. So here's the question. I'll answer your question. But first, when you tell a lie, it's not the responsibility of the hearer to determine whether or not you are a credible person. The moral act occurs when the person speaks the lie. The Department of Justice also tracks rapes, robberies, murders, and all manner of mayhem. And they track it by gender, they track it by race, they track it uh, by age. Uh, All of these data are telling us, and they've been telling us when Biden was president, when Donald Trump was president, and when the report is issued this year, they're going to tell us that a small group of people disproportionately carry out this reprehensible behavior, and of that group, 40-plus percent of them are blacks. So black men are 6% of the population. Black men between 16 and 28 are not even 3% of the population. If that group is carrying out 40% of the dangerous, felonious assaults on America, why would we dare want to imply that the racial boogeyman is out there doing these crimes? It's amazing. Uh, It's interesting you point that out. I I was just thinking about that the other day. You hear the figure that, uh, you know, that 40 percent of the crimes are uh, um, 
they are done by uh, black young young black men. But that the seven percent of the population that includes all black males. So the That's age right. group of 16, 16 to twenty eight is a really small number. And if and if if that group would straighten up, it would change a lot, wouldn't it? Well, absolutely. And if we told the truth, we could turn our efforts toward this. Now, let me explain something. In 1990, when we saw an epidemic of assaults and mayhem and crime in our communities, blacks, whites, and browns all came together and said, we have an answer. You're not going to terrorize grandma on the way to get her prescription filled. We are going to give you a mandatory minimum sentence. If we find out this is your third time, we're going to send you away for life. And guess what? From 1990 to 2000, every year, violent crime reduced. From 2000 to 2010, violent crime continued to reduce. The only time that we have seen the violent crime in America increase is the last five-year window and the last two years where local governments have repealed most of these provisions. And they've done so in the name of racial harmony. We can either have greater assaults on innocent people or we can send the signal that if you assault people, you will be held accountable and have fewer assaults. Now, and then uh, to go along with this, the movement is to, uh, there are people out there, and many of them, uh, Black Lives Matter, for example, and, and liberals uh, in general, Democrats, they're out there pushing for, uh, to defund or abolish the police. That, how's that going to help? So they've pushed two things, uh, defund the police and abolish bail. So you get people who have robbed, who have raped, or committed other mayhem, and they are, quote, only accused. Instead of saying, we'll put up a $200,000 bond, or else sit in jail while we wait for your trial, we're letting people just promise that they're going to show up. And we're finding large numbers of these people are out committing other crimes while we're waiting for the trials to occur. We're talking to Horace Cooper. He's co-chairman of Project 21 Black Leadership Network. Um, and uh, Joe Biden is the president. And uh, unfortunately, there are people out there who believe everything he says. Uh, they, they, I mean, they they may not believe everything he says, but they, in general, they trust him, especially on a statement like the one that we're talking about here about the biggest threat being white supremacy. So when he makes that claim, he's kind of obligated to back that up with facts, isn't he? You can't just throw that out there. Well, he is obligated, but moreover, if we had a really solid working media who exists to make sure that the American people have the kind of information that they need to hold government accountable, the American media would be insisting that this information be put forward. Here's the truth. They have come up with some definition of white supremacy that looks more akin to I don't really like a lot of high taxes. I would prefer the government left me alone. I don't like a lot of government regulations. And I think me and my family are the best people to decide for how we will live our life. They have categorized that as white supremacy. And that's what we'll find out if they were ever to declassify. Well, okay. if the government is going to now say what Gallup has told us, for 75 years, is the mainstream position of America. If they're going to call that white supremacy, I think it would be instructive for all of the people who hold these mainstream views to say, wait a second, our government is made up of leaders who think that our mainstream views should be marginalized? Yeah, see, and and Horace, I'm old enough to remember uh, George Wallace. Okay, I was I was in my you know in college when he was uh, out there running around, and um, and from from someone who's been around as long as I have, when you say white supremacist, I think of George Wallace. I think of uh, the segregationists in the South, 
most of whom were Democrats, by the way, but that's another issue. But I mean, but I think of Adolf Hitler, uh, and that there are terms that are used now, and and you have the president using it uh, last night or yesterday, whenever he said it. The, the, those terms used to mean something, and they used to be terrible. It was a terrible thing to refer to someone as a white supremacist. Now anybody who uh, – it's thrown around so much that it's lost all its value, hasn't it? And it's and – it's, Well, and it's, absolutely. Uh, power. Remember, there was a time when this minority – and by the way, there's never been a popular majority of white supremacists in America. I know that uh, the woke colleges want us to believe this. A lot of people were silent. A lot of people were acquiescent to this dominant minority force. And, of course, they had their political auxiliary wing, the KKK, going around burning properties and damaging uh, um, uh, reputations and the like as a mechanism to enforce them. But they always, they always represented a minority. Here's what they're trying to do today because the number of people can't even number a hundred million plus Americans. They can't even identify a hundred thousand people who say, I believe that there is something inherent in these, my skin color that makes me superior to people who are of a different skin color. They can't get 100,000 of them. Of the 100,000 that they might want to try to identify, uh, a third of those people are minority, because bigotry actually knows no color. And more than two-thirds of them aren't interested in using violence to accomplish their end. So how do we end up with the biggest homeland security threat? Oh, we're not actually interested in real um, fringe groups. We're actually interested in making it possible to argue that the boogeyman, he's your next-door neighbor. That's the guy, that our gal at the grocery store. When you're on your way to work and you get there, you need to understand the white supremacist is very likely your boss or one of your colleagues on your, your work team on the project you're working on, the guy that does the brake job on your car. This is what the president is ultimately trying to say, having nothing to do with race-based hate and everything to do with singling people out because they're men or singling people out because of their skin color and then saying... It's a terrible thing not to support more government. It's a terrible thing to think your family and you ought to be the place where most decisions about your life are made. As I said before, Gallup continues to make that a mainstream statement of what it means to be an American. Yeah, that was my next question, uh, uh, Horace, is that uh, even he can't possibly believe what he said uh, in Tulsa. And so my question was going to be, what do you think his motivation was? And that, that you just answered that. His motivation is, it's, is political and it's, it's, it's pandering. And, I mean, uh, it can't possibly be that he believes that, can it? Well, he doesn't believe it. But the question is, what does making the statement do? Mm-hmm. We had leaders in America who, as I said, Uh, were in the minority, and they argued that we needed to separate Americans. A minority of school districts and a minority of colleges advocate separating us on the basis of race. Now, they call it wokeism, but it's separatism. You had a minority of school districts and colleges doing the same thing in the early parts of the 20th century. You had corporations that did the same thing in the early part of the 20th century. Hollywood, for instance, would refuse to push back on the idea that the only roles that blacks could play on the film, uh, on on the big screen, were subservient roles. They weren't willing to allow for the broad variety that existed, even in 1930, even in 1950. And yet, Hollywood today 
has a, uh, uh, embraced a woke agenda, and they rewrite storylines, they restrict options as a means of creating a false narrative about how America is. All of these institutions that I described have played a role in the past, and rather than being held accountable for those roles, they're going forward today in saying, well, we're making up for it by uncannily doing the same thing. Telling yeah, Rosa Parks... This? I'm sorry, go telling ahead. Telling Rosa Parks that she can't sit at the front of the bus after having worked a very, very long day on her feet is wrong, not because Rosa Parks was black, but because she was a citizen of these United States. The principle, as Martin Luther King explained, was that all Americans are supposed to be free from being mistreated are disparately treated on the basis of their race. Today's woke crowd from the president on down has completely discarded and has decided that it's okay to treat some people favorably on the basis of race and to treat other people unfavorably on the basis of race. It was wrong in the 20th century. It's wrong now. Hey, I'm up against a hard break here, Horace. Uh, Horace Cooper, co-chairman of Project 21, Black Leadership Network. But I have to get this in. I got less than a minute. I want to get your take on Biden's uh, quote that black entrepreneurs are as capable of succeeding as whites, but they don't have lawyers or accountants. How about that for a statement? I'm a lawyer. I've got a cousin who's an accountant. Uh, it is unbelievably uh, uh, the kind of behavior. It's the big trick of low expectations yep. to make these claims. Success is hard. And when you pretend that everyone who hasn't succeeded, it's only because of racism, you give an excuse to people not to strive. Shame, shame, shame on the President of the United States for doing this solely for political expediency. Hey, Horace, great to have you on the show. Great stuff. Uh, uh, keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, that's Horace Cooper, Project 21 Black Leadership Network co-chairman, and that's some pretty powerful stuff there. Glad to have him on. We'll be right back. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offers valid through 63021. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com code 3388. 
Enjoy. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing, as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors, so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine, and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial-strength Genesis 950 makes up to Seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, you know that there's uh, an audit going on in Maricopa County out in Arizona uh, auditing the, uh, the results of the uh, 2020 presidential election. Uh, and it's making a lot of liberal heads explode. And I don't know what's going to come of it, if anything. But uh, the Democrats are doing a lot to, of pushing back against it, which you would think is kind of unusual because if you... If you really were confident in what the results were, you'd be happy to have them do the audit and then laugh at them for being such conspiracy theorists. Well, the, uh, Pennsylvania sent a delegation of people out there, the uh, the Republicans. A bunch of them went out there to uh, take a little tour of what's going on during the audit. And now, according to a story on PG, uh, PJ Media, uh it's possible that there will be an audit in Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania State Representative Rob Kaufman, he told the Epoch Times, he said, uh, quote, as a fact-finding mission, that's why he's there, to see what's happening on the ground in Arizona, how it's happening, and if it's something that should be done in other states. They asked him if he was uh, going to bring an, an audit to Pennsylvania. He wouldn't say, but he didn't, turn, he didn't uh, deny it either. He said, I can't say that yet, but if we bring some substantial information back with us, I could see it happening. Let's do it. Let's see if it happens here. I'll see if I can uh, get somebody from uh, the Pennsylvania uh, delegation, if not the group that's actually out there, somebody from uh, the Pennsylvania Republicans to uh, talk to us about what the possibility is of that happening. We'll see about that tomorrow, possibly. Anyway, thanks for listening today, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.